Welcome to this week's bonus episode of Blood Podcast, your source for innovative ideas and cutting-edge information. In this episode, Blood Associate Editor Dr. Catherine Bollard discusses the Blood Review series on understanding and treating primary immunodeficiency. This review series highlights cutting-edge developments in the biology and management of primary immune deficiencies. I'm Catherine Bollard from Children's National and the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. This review series is entitled Understanding and Treating Primary Immune Deficiencies. In this review series, we have brought together a group of experts in the primary immune deficiency field to share their cutting area of research developments in this space. For example, uh, Michael Keller and myself from Children's National in George Washington, D.C. are discussing the virus-specific T-cell immunotherapy field specifically for patients with primary immune deficiency. Similarly, Stuart Tanjay from Australia and Sylvian Latour from France are discussing primary immune deficiencies and how they reveal molecular requirements for effective host defense against EBV infection. On a slightly different note, uh, Anne Durandi, also from France, highlights an increased activation of PI3 kinase, uh, which disposes to B-cell lymphoma in this setting. On top of that, we have a very unique paper from Charlotte Cunningham-Rundles from Mount Sinai in the US, who describes the current genetic landscape in Coromon variable immune deficiency. Also, Jordan Orange from Columbia University in New York City has detailed an overview on NK cell deficiencies in the primary immune deficiency population. And finally, we are looking at the immune dysregulation in patients with RAG deficiency and other forms of combined immune deficiency by the group at the NIH led by Gigi Notarangelo. So all in all, when you look at this broad portfolio of these primary immune deficiency papers, I expect our readership will have a deeper understanding of where the field has come and where it is going to in the next decade. The top goals for this review series were really to introduce the blood readership to a broader array of diseases that they might not be so familiar with but are becoming more and more important as many of these patients with primary immune deficiency are now surviving into adulthood. This review series is of broad interest because not only are patients who are afflicted with these primary immune deficiencies living longer and into adulthood, but many of the underlying mechanisms by which these immune deficiencies are developed are providing critical immune landscape insights that would be important to any haematologist or immunologist working in this field, whether it be in the clinic or in the laboratory or in between. The relevance for clinical haematology is this review series highlights in some cases uh, not only new diagnostic tools and criteria, but also new therapeutic modalities, some of which are novel and some of which are becoming a little bit more mainstream. This content was very exciting to me because Blood hasn't ever actually published a review series as unique as this and on this specific topic. 
I hope people will take away from this content that actually primary immune deficiency is a very complex landscape of immune-mediated disorders. We have certainly moved beyond the single gene mutation of a severe combined immune deficiency and really helps not only inform uh, diagnoses but how we will develop new treatments for these diseases in the future. The most important findings are really coming out of the gene therapy space that making real traction for the treatment of these diseases and broadening applicability. In addition, the cell-based immune therapies that can be utilised to prevent and treat in particular devastating infections in these immunocompromised hosts. And then finally, understanding the mechanisms by which these sorts of immune deficiencies can predispose to different B-cell, in particular lymphoproliferative disorders and lymphomas. The next steps, based on this broad array of articles that are coming out in this review series, are really to ensure that we are not only educating the broader haematology readership, but really hoping to get traction that, certainly for the novel therapeutic development, that these might be of interest to cooperative groups and industry who want to take these novel therapeutics beyond boutique centres and out to the broader population at large. I would like to see the future of research in this domain of hematology to focus not only on diagnosis but also on novel therapeutic development. I would like to see more work done in the adult immunology space, understanding that many patients may be surviving into adulthood without a diagnosis. Uh, and I would hope that this will not only educate the treating physicians, but also the laboratory scientists and also the public. I hope that after reading this review series, the readers will be not only delightfully informed, but also pleasantly surprised by the breadth of knowledge and new ideas that are coming out of this space, and that they'll be able to translate that into their everyday practice, whether that be seeing a patient in the clinic, whether it be working in the laboratory, or whether you're a clinician researcher who's trying to develop the next novel therapy and wants to partner with scientists or industry or both uh, to really create exciting ideas that will eventually impact the lives of the patients we serve. I hope you get a chance to fully read all the articles within this review series entitled Understanding and Treating Primary Immune Deficiencies. And I really hope you get as much interest and enjoyment uh, out of reading all these articles as I did. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the review series on understanding and treating primary immunodeficiency. To read the articles, visit www.bloodjournal.org. This presentation is copyrighted by the American Society of Hematology.